0: Hello and welcome back to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you from above the hole on the 13th at Lausonia Links. terrified that I'll put another one off of the green. And this is Season 3, Episode 9. In this third and final installment of the Americans in Wisconsin Roundtable with Matt and Fred, we discuss the experience of playing the Links course at Lausonia, which we actually played first on our trip on the way to the Sand Valley Resort. Nestled above Green Lake, the Lynx at Lausonia simultaneously reminds me of several great Midwestern courses that I've played, and looks unlike anywhere I've seen before. Finished by the architectural team of William Lankford and Theodore Moreau in 1930, and lovingly restored and maintained today by Ron Force's team of architects and builders, the Lynx at Lausonia is a living, breathing time capsule to a time when courses were built by hand using massive equipment and labor-intensive practices creating landforms of a shape and scale that are jarring to the modern golfer's eye. We also end up cleaning up some details from our trip, from which you golf trip captains and members may glean some wisdom and best practices for future golf trips. I accepted long ago that my life may be just the example you need to not follow. Before we jump back in with Matt and Fred, a reminder that the Blind Shots podcast is a member of the Talking Golf Network of Shows, which you can find at TalkingGolf.com. That's TalkingGolf.com with just one G. Keep an eye on the feed on the Good Good Golf Podcast in the coming days and weeks as yours truly is scheduled to appear to discuss what I learned from the recent Municipal Golf Symposium hosted by the National Links Trust. Uh, you'll remember that the National Links Trust co-founder Mike McCartan was a guest on this, the Blind Shots Podcast, in episode 25 just from season 2 a few months ago. Also a reminder that you're invited to interact with with the show on Twitter at Pod, as well as on Instagram. Again, we don't set up to stir the pot and rile people up around here, but if you like or dislike something you hear or see, just let us know. Finally, a reminder that the Blind Shots Podcast is sponsored by me, David Hill. In addition to playing, talking, and writing about golf, I'm a licensed Kentucky realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. I work with homeowners buying and selling their homes, and also work with investors and businesses on their commercial property needs in Central Kentucky. You can find my contact information at davidhill.rhr.com. If you have a real estate question, if you want to know what a realtor could do for you, reach out to me and we can get a conversation started. And with that, let's get back to the conversation about Lausonia Links with Matt and Fred. The links at Lausonia. Matt, what did you know about that course going in other than that? We were stopping to play it on the way to sand Valley. Um, I had taken a
1: look, you know, taking a look at the, the online, you know, their site and, and a couple other sites, um, just to kind of get a, get a bit of a bird's eye view for it. Um, and kind of what to, what to expect, but so I'd read up a little bit on it. Um, was excited to go out there and you know it's it's a little bit different than than some of the other stuff we've played so i i knew a little bit but not too
0: much fred what about you i probably knew
2: even less to be honest with you um i looked just briefly um and i believe that most of the stuff that i looked at and read was the other course that we didn't play
0: really the the valley course yeah for the woodlands woodlands as it were
2: yeah i think that I just messed that up and looked mostly at the other one. Um, but I, I think what intrigued me is, is just the, just the history of it, you know, being as old as it was and, um, had been around for a while. I think that was what really played to my interest more than anything else. Not so much, you know, design or anything like that. It was just, you know, the age and then all the stuff they tell you about the, uh, what was it? The old train car that's buried under one of the greens or something.
0: Yeah. You know, that's yeah. and honestly, e- even as the the golf architecture nerd of this group, I didn't know much about it. You know, it's a the architects Langford and Moreau were kind of the lords of the steam shovel and they're having a nice little renaissance due to you know, I think the, the fried egg guys have done a lot for that course. They're Chicago based, so this is easily accessible for them. And they had kind of put it on the map for our generation, I think. Um, but yeah, they, I didn't I didn't wasn't familiar with their work. You could have taken me to any hundred-year-old course and said, "That's, uh, that's Bill and Ted's course." Like, okay, great. Um, yeah, you know, and it to that point, I thought it was interesting. You know, from the first tee box, it just looked like normal golf course. You know, you first tee right there by the parking lot and the, the the clubhouse. Clubhouse is what would you date that at? Maybe in the seventies, the eighties, as far as the construction. You know, kind yeah. of, kind of yeah. nondescript. Um. Mm-hmm out there in in lake country and then you know you get out there so big dog leg right and you're like okay uh you get out there fairway okay the rough this is this isn't bad you know this is nice then i see that big cross bunker and i see that first green and there's that that i don't know if you remember it but there's a a hard flat line of the green kind of juxtaposed it, it's behind kind of the natural swale of the turf it's like oh Now, that's different. That's not rounded containment mogul, you know, nondescript 90s course that that's something different. Like that was the first thing that that caught my eye. And then, you know, by the the next hole, we get that blind shot up over the hill. And once you crest that hill. You know, for me coming out of the trees or whatever little vineyard that was off to the right, just blew that shot out. But then you see that that first big mound, that big kind of bunker, you know, it's like, uh, what well, those I could never figure out other than they just wanted to have a little visual hazard, but you see a big green, you see some of that big mounding. That was the first time that I went, Oh, we've got something different here. Um, what about you guys? When did that, when did the course, cause everybody raved about it afterwards. When did the course kind of grab you for the first time, Fred?
2: Um, I think it started getting it kind of piqued my interest. on, Let me get the holes right here. So, one, two,
0: three, four, two was blind up like over five, three. okay,
2: like five, six, and seven back in that so corner. Five, yeah, five was the uh, five was the par four, I think. Uh, six was a uh, that the green was just perched up on top of this giant hill, or mm-hmm. the green itself was a giant hill, and then. Then I think seven was the was the par three that was back in that corner and it again was perched up pretty high. And I think that's the whole, if if I'm if I remember correctly, that's the hole that's supposedly has the train car or whatever else underneath of
0: that green. That that signature par three, I mean kind of cut into the hillside where if you miss right, you're 40 feet below. Yep. Um yeah, that that's a there's a lot of photos floating around on Twitter and on Instagram of of that particular green matt what about you when did uh, when did the first impression really get made with the uh, links course
1: well for me um it, it was <laughs> it was the bunkers because i was in them for the first i don't know three four five holes i don't remember what it was for whatever reason i was i was playing out of them all damn day um, so I got a little bit different view of the course because I, for whatever reason, I could not play out of those bunkers. The sand in those bunkers was different, but you, you have a wedge now, Matt Cheney. I do. I did, do. Did you try and using it? I used it a lot, like many, many times. It was um, a full practice
2: session. <laughs>
1: it wasn't, It and it wasn't an issue that I couldn't get out of the traps it was an issue that I couldn't stop getting out of the traps. I mean, I was, I was hitting, I was hitting eight irons with my sand wedge most of the time out of those things. Um, it, it was, but yeah, so that was, that was one of those things where I got, I kind of got a feel for, you know, when you said this is a little bit different, whatever they were doing with that was apparently suckering me into it because one was just was it one or was it two? i don't remember which it was but you know there was one shot that was okay that was a bad shot i'm in that trap because i'm not very good at golf the but the next couple of holes it was i ended up in that trap because they wanted me to end up in that trap um you know i remember was it i think it was three is that's not the par three the par Par three the was par number four. Is,
0: so you went, yeah, you, right? you the blind shot was two. And then you yep. came back around the kind of the silo uh, yep. around that farmhouse structure. And then back up yep. that big, long par three up the hill was four. And yep. then you had and the it, par so it five was, after that.
1: Right. Yeah. It was It was three. That was the one where really where I was like, okay, I just hit the shot I wanted to hit. And I'm back in a bunker for the third consecutive hole.
0: Yeah. That green rolled out. Like, um, I remember that because I hit, I, I landed about where I wanted and it trickled out i was fringy but yeah those bunker i'm glad you said that because one of the points i wanted to get to is i thought the hazards were you know that's a hundred year old course and those has the way they've maintained it and kind of dated it and renovated it those hazards are in great places you know the Mm -hmm. those big mounds inside dog legs and kind of next to they, they they were definitely in play for all of our group they The other thing too, I I liked was that the hazards were in or near the fairway. You know, you didn't have bunker. You didn't have fairways that had been the line mowing lines had gotten so narrow that all of a sudden the bunker is 10 yards into the rough and it just penalizes the bad shot. It was, they were really good strategically placed hazards. The, the vertical hazard, the mounds, the bunkers that were out of them. um, I think more so than most of the older courses I've played, um, I, I do remember that grabbed me quite a bit. I, I wasn't in the bunkers as much, but those big, tall face bunkers I do. John Mark was in them. He had the very same experience you did. He got to see all the sand. And I remember there were some rocks in there. there
1: yes, it is. It is not pristine by any stretch of the imagination. This is not just flown in from Barbados kind of sand. This is this is old, crunchy sand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought of it as like um, like Great Lakes beach sand. It was like, it was, it was like small pebbles. Like it was like sand grown up,
0: you know, as those, the bunkers around the greens were treacherous, you know, they, but it was all kind of flat bottomed. You know, you had grass walls. They weren't, it was none Mm -hmm. of this McKenzie splash sand. It was there. You know, that's a, a nice maintenance trick is, well, how do you make bunkers affordable and not so labor intensive? Well, you just keep the sand down at the bottom and you grow grass everywhere else. Um, but trying to hold a green out of those bunkers, like, I mean, it, that was a course, if you were above the hole, you know, those big pushed up greens, you know, this was, for people that haven't been there, this was back in the age of, it was net zero construction. There were not, you know, there were not dump truck loads of dirt and fill and earth brought on to create this course. They took a steam shovel and pushed the dirt up in a pile. And that's where they made their green. They flattened it and you, you put it there. Well, that dirt had to come from somewhere. So the hole that they just dug, well, that's where they put the sand and that's what made the bunker. So it was, I was surprised at how well those, they're huge greens, but it wasn't like, Oh, I hit the green. Now it's an easy hole. Easy. There were no easy two putts on any of those. Um, did you guys have any four putts? I think we saw a couple in our group
2: um i think we um we probably saw one matt um we probably saw one or two i think we probably did um it was uh those were some big greens i definitely had my share of three putts uh sprinkled in there but um but you're right the, the they were big and there was no spin you could not put a lot of spin on the ball out of the bunker you know usually you can you know, get them to sit down a little bit. But to Matt's point, I was in, I luckily avoided a lot of the bunkers. um, But the ones that I were in, you know, I ended up on the other side of the green as well. I mean, there was no, there was no holding it.
0: The, the visuals that were, you know, Matt, you said the the bunkers, what did it for you there? What did did it remind you of any place that you'd played or just kind of visually taking it in? Because it's very, it's two very different nines. The front nine, you've got a, a kind of a meandering loop back through the the woods and, and in. And then the second nine, I thought it was just like a giant field. There's the one hole that kind of went out. But then you're on this big, big bluff above the lake. My mm-hmm. only criticism of the visuals, I wish there was a view of the lake. There's a huge lake down there at the bottom of the hills south of the course. And for all the trees of the woodland course right next to us, you can't see it. You would never. Yeah, know. you wouldn't know it's there. Yeah. Um, did anything strike you about the visual of Lausonia?
1: Yeah, I, th- I th- very much the same. You know that you were just discussing before. You know the trees are on the outside. When yeah. you're at especially, especially the back nine. You know the the front nine for the most part too, but on the back nine, it it is even more striking that there are no trees anywhere. Like you are, like you said, you're in the middle of a field and. You So much in a very different way from sand Valley, you could hit it 300 yards in, in a different direction and still be on a hole. Um, now it's no longer your hole. It's right. three holes over. Um, and it's probably not a shot you want to try to hit back. And I, there was a golf ball that I did just not go look for uh, at La Sonia. Um
0: <laughs> so yes, that one? It is
1: very, it was only one, um, and well, like Sand Valley, I, I don't know that we lost a ton of golf balls there, um, because again, you're not, there's not woods, there's not there's there's thick rough and heavy and you know, kind of native area type areas, but, um, you know, it was yes, it was just it was very open. It, the when you said, does it remind you of anywhere? A little bit of the loop. Um, it's a different, it's a different course. It's certainly not you know the same idea that they've got up at the loop, but it, that just sort of wide open spaciousness
0: to it kind of reminded me of that. Eye discipline. You you have bad eye discipline. If you've got no... I have no bad every discipline, <laughs> discipline, but yes, I have bad eye discipline. <laughs> what about you, Fred?
2: Um, No, I think you guys are right. The, the back nine is kind of... It's striking, you know, from a visual standpoint, but it's not... Um, it's not usually what I, what I refer to as striking. I think the reason it's so eye catching is it, it is just so vast. I mean, it, it is just a giant. I mean, I hate to use the word field, you know, when associates from the golf course, I know people probably will not like that, but it is a, a giant patch of grass. Yeah. And on you top can of the see, bluff. yeah, you can see, you can see every hole from like from 11 on. Like every one of them is just laid out in front of you. Um, but I will tell you that without all of those trees and on that bluff, as we've talked about, that wind was a real deal. Oh, yes. I mean, that wind was was what kept, you know, that back nine kind of it, it, it protected par, let's say. I mean, none of us were going to break that you know barrier. But um, that was a that was a real thing because there was nothing to block the wind. You could try to keep it low, but then you know it just it just seemed to knock it out of the air anyway. But um, I think that's what I took from it. And you guys were talking about the the lake that was down at the bottom of the hill. Um, what I had read before that was, I believe, like I said, was on the other course. And some of the guys that uh, some of the caddies that we had at Sand Valley had actually said mentioned something about the view. From, I think it was the number three on the other course. There's a par three that goes down the hill and that's like one of the best views, um, that, that any of them could, could tell me about, they were like, it's just breathtaking looking down at the lake, you know, from the trees and stuff. So, um, there was no, there was none of that, um, you know, visual, uh, on the course that
0: we played. No. And, but I think it's a neat psychological trick that the, the course uses that the architects use that to your point fred you know once you get to the the 10th green you can see everything that's coming you don't necessarily know what order it's in for first-timers like us but yeah there was always each new kind of quadrant or section you entered there was something that caught your eye like oh look at that green or oh my goodness look at the size of that bunker you know knowing you were going to be facing it whether you could see it or not you know there was you're on top of a bluff, but there was a lot of good gradual elevation change to where things were blind and semi-blind. I don't think I was prepared for that so much um, where I felt a lot better um, maybe hitting second or, or not being the longest hitter in the group. Cause I couldn't let, let someone else hit it far enough and wonder what kind of troubles out there um, to me that uh, I was scratching out some notes earlier. It was the course was extreme in normal attire because it didn't look, it's, it doesn't grab you. It's not the first tee at Tobacco Road where you say, oh my gosh, look at that. It's not, you know, get into the, the second tee at Bay Harbor where he's like, oh, there's the lake and the huge reveal. But at the end of the day, you look at your scorecard, like this thing just grabbed me and ate me up. And how did it do that? It's a big field with giant greens and admittedly deep bunkers. Um but I thought as far as play goes, it was one of those where you smile and you enjoy yourself and you look down like, how did that course do that to me? With the exception being the wind, the, the ever-present wind. So you knew um, that was kind of my takeaway from that. Is there a, I'll ask a two-parter best hole and maybe most memorable hole that you had on the course? And you can go one each side if you want. For me, I think that, that number two that's the one i want another crack at not knowing where to aim on that blind uh hill kind of up the hill with that stand of trees and i don't know grapes or something up there to the right um when there's literally the entire world to the left two fairways left (laughs) of that but playing directly into the wind you know sliced one up there and i think three out of the four of us were up almost you know had had to chip out on a course with no trees on it we had to punch through the wood um so that was an interesting experience but that and i think maybe that the, the last par five big where it had the huge valley you know 100 if you're 100 yards out you're at the bottom of the hill hitting up at the green yeah. on the back yeah like for 15 or 16 yeah. some that one i thought that because there were some because of the contours and the hazards earlier in the hole like if you missed if you ran one left uh you were in trouble. If you bombed one down there, you might have a bad, you know, you might have a downhill lie. but that I remember that green just being so sinister. If you were long above the flag, it was three shots to get home off the back of the the back of the green. So those are the ones that grabbed me. Um, Fred, well, I'll throw this one to you.
2: Yeah, I think um, I think my favorite and, and the one that was more, more interesting for me was number seven, that par three. Um, You know, there's something to be said for, you know, a good par three. That's not, you know, a buck 90 right i mean i i had i mean i think i had an eight iron in my hand um so you guys were probably hitting nine or wedges in there and it was it was one of those things where hey if you don't hit the green you're you're in trouble you know i mean that's as, as simple as it is and it's not very far away so you think man i really gotta hit this green right if i miss it from 190 i'm like hey it's 190 but holy crap it's only you know buck 25 you better hit it uh, i really like that one um, and, uh, that par three, that par five that you mentioned on the back 14 or 15 with the, with the big elevated green that was, you know, so far above you. I thought, I thought that one was pretty, I was, uh, it was pretty cool. I, I landed, you know, I ran one, not up all the way up that hill, but I hit down at that bottom and it kind of went up and it rolled back down and I had to pitch it up. Um, I, I kind of like that, that reminded me a little bit of um i think it's like the fifth or fourth or fifth hole at mid pines i believe Mm -hmm. um and that one always eats me up a little bit so um i uh, i kind of like i kind of like the way that one kind of laid out as well
0: that's a good analogy yeah that one at mid pines yeah matt
1: something that stuck out for me about this course when i was thinking back about it is that i really enjoyed the start I thought that the first four holes and, you know, most courses, it's not like that. They don't, you know, when I sit there and I think back about it, the first four holes are not often what jump to mind immediately. Um, and keep in mind, again, I played, well, I played the whole course pretty poorly, but I was in a, I was in a bunker for the entire, the entire first hour that we were out there. It felt like, um, so it's not like I'm enjoying, you know, I'm remembering those holes fondly because I played them so well. I'm not. Um, I just thought the design of, of those was, you know, was really fun. Um, you know, it and those holes, I think were uh, an example of a lot more what you were going to see the rest of the day with the, if you missed, it punished you and and pretty significantly um two is a perfect example i think i hit four or five shots around the green um you know because i one came out of a bunker and what's on the other side of that green that i can't hold from the bunker this you know foot and a half tall incredibly thick like i'm gonna break my wrist trying to hit back out of it um just you know nasty stuff um and and like you said the the bunkers are tucked up the fairway bunkers are tucked right up against the fairway there's no there's no extra room there um it was it was hit your shots and Mm -hmm. not only not only do you have to hit your shots hit them coming right out of the gate right the first few you know first few holes really didn't they didn't ease you into very much which i thought was cool um you know it's weird that i you know would play it so poorly and and like that fact but
0: (laughs) i did No, if you think about it, I think you're right. You know, there's a theory, some the first hole should be a firm handshake. And then you're kind of using the the clubhouse is sighted because it's either got the best view or it's got the point of ingress egress. So you have to go, you have to get the golfers from the clubhouse out to the golf course. And that's that's why 18 is rarely the best hole, because you've got to get back to the clubhouse. And so the first and second hole, you've got to get away from the clubhouse to get into the course, but I think you're right. That little pocket back there, one through four, um, really set you up for the day. Definitely. It wasn't, wasn't designed afterthought um, Mm -hmm. there. Uh, Any other closing thoughts on the links before we get out of there? I I thought it is definitely a must play. If you haven't seen it, it's for me, visually, it reminded me a bit like the Ross course at French lick, you know, another kind of mid older, midwestern course that one's a ross course with huge wild tumbling greens like this some sharp lines um that is a core the french lick is more framed by fescue that wispy kind of fescue look wants to be kind of whistling straights-ish from what it looks like on tv um but just kind of the plain corridors the widths of the fairways and, and those things um but definitely a, a must play if you're in the Chicago or, or Milwaukee areas or heading up to sand Valley. Um, I'm sure they'd rather have you stay and spend the weekend and play both courses at Lawsonia, but um, can't speak to the, the Woodlands course, but the, the links course uh, full throated endorsement for me. Um, one thing I wanted to get your guys' opinion on. So we have played in basically the sandboxes of three different States and um, and I don't want to be so kind of stereotypical as to make you Midwesterners pit Michigan versus Wisconsin sand. That's we're not here to cause trouble, although we kind of are. Um, but we've played Sand Valley in La Sonia. We've played on, you know, the loop and forest dunes is just a big sand quarry, big sand pit. And we've played Bay Harbor, you know, up north, which, you know, kind of the the same. And we've played several times now on the in the sand hills of North Carolina. So reflect for just a second and, and let me know what you think kind of the key difference from playing the golf courses. Um, you know, for me, that I saw a lot of similarity between sand Valley and what you find down in North Carolina, the, the scrape sand aesthetic, the grow, the, put the wispy grass on the outer edges of the bunker or let it grow kind of wild and clumps here and there, you know, the, there's one big par five within the first few holes on the sand Valley course. And I was like, Oh, this just, this just looks like tobacco road. You could literally pick this up and go drop this into dormy club or drop it into, um, into sand Valley. I don't you a know, different architect with Doke being at, at the loop and, and Weisskopf at, at, um, forest dunes. But, you know, I, I feel like they were a little bit more unique. Like there was, they were those courses and even the ones up North near Boyne were maybe less similar to any of the other places. Whereas the Wisconsin and the North Carolina courses, they, you could do a valid compare and contrast on those. I felt like um, let me get your guys thoughts on that, Matt.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, I think that, you know, the
1: Four dunes um, and Bay Harbor are a little bit now. And part of it is that I grew up in Michigan, so I'm used to playing courses that looked a little bit more like those courses, uh, but, but they felt that is the traditional golf that I grew up playing Um, you know up there we really didn't have like you said the the scraped sand that just kind of rolls and meanders throughout the course Um, in you know forest dunes and bay harbor and many many courses um, in Michigan that have that are wonderful golf courses are far more um, I guess you know De- designed is the way that I would put it, but they're very, it's very intentional. The sand is where the sand is. And it's, it's carved into holes that are are put in certain spots in certain shapes. And it doesn't meander. Um, and I feel like the, you know, especially down in North Carolina, but also, I mean, obviously sand is it's own crazy beast, but even Lothonia, like it seems to, it's it's almost like there's a flow through those courses where you could be standing in the sand on the fourth hole or the 17th hole, and it might be part of the same sort of sand river system, right? It's all just kind of flowing all through the area. Whereas forest dunes and Bay Harbor and many of the courses that I grew up playing, the sand is here and the sand is there. And those two are not connected in any way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, um, and, and they're both great. That, yeah. You know, there's there's not a right way or a wrong way to go. Um, they're both enjoyable in their own way, but that's that's sort of how I felt about it.
0: Fred?
2: Um, <clears throat> I totally agree with what Matt said. And I, I will, I might take a different angle on your question here, Dave, so sure. um, bear with me. Um, and I think I said this to Matt, when we were playing Lasonia and um, I don't know if he remembers or not, but Lasonia was a lot. It, it felt like the courses that we play around here. Um, it didn't have that, you know, that playing on the sand Hills and um, you know, those super tight lies and all the fairways Me, That is a different type of golf. Okay, and to Matt's point, it's it's golf that I didn't grow up playing. Um, You know, I grew up playing, you know, the courses, you know, here in the middle of Ohio with a lot of clay soil and the ball sits up on the grass and you can take a divot. Right. I mean, that's that's my game. Um, When I started going with you guys, it was a whole new experience. I mean, it was like, like, you know, I literally felt like I was hitting a golf ball off a linoleum floor. I mean, I was like, this ball is like literally, you know, there is nothing underneath of it. <laughs> I can't tell you how many balls that I have thinned just playing with you, Dave, um, and and the guys we go golfing with. It seems like everywhere we go, I'm like, man, I, I mean, I wish I would hit it in the rough so I could like, you know, maybe I could get underneath of one. I don't know how many times I've said, well, I've got two grooves under that one or, hey, <laughs> thin to win. That's all I ever say. I I mean, I'm just – If you weren't such a good golfer,
1: you'd be in the rough with the rest of us. That's what, you know, that's what the problem
2: is. You need to. whatever. But it's a totally, totally different type of golf. Um, And I think that it's, I I keep telling myself, ultimately, it's going to make me better. But man alive, (laughs) it it has taken a lot to get used to going down there and that ball, you know, you're in the fairway. And I look down and it's green.
0: Hit Hit the little ball first, Fred.
2: I, I, yeah, that's a great idea, Dave. I mean, it <laughs> seems, it seems like that should be pretty, you know, pretty, pretty easy. Right. But man, there's just, there's just no, there's, I don't know. I, it's just, it's in my head that there's no cushion there. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta help this thing up. And there I go. I've laid another one and I'm cursing. But um, I, I think that that's. That's the big takeaway when you go down to like North Carolina and when we played sand Valley, um, it, it's, it's that. It's the feel of playing those courses. I think we said it when we, when we talked about sand Valley, you know, the, the walking on those courses is very difficult because it is just hard. It feels like you're walking on concrete. Right. And it's the same way, you know, <laughs> The courses are in great shape, but the ground is hard.
0: It could have rained right? an hour There's, ago. No. It could have rained yeah. two weeks ago. You can't tell a difference.
2: Right, right. And it's just a different type of golf, which is which is great, right? And when we went to Scotland, it it was all sand, but it was it was smushy, right? <laughs> I mean, you could take a divot. It was different. Everywhere we go. I I you know, I think it just This goes to show, you know, those guys you see on TV are great. I I mean, they're phenomenal, right? But each week, you know, they'll have a Florida swing. They'll have a Arizona swing or whatever. I mean, those guys don't have those problems, right? I mean, (laughs) uh, it's crazy. I I hear them complain about putting on different types of greens. and That's the least of my problems. I just want to get there.
0: I think, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I I guess Lawsonia in that respect – not being up on the, that, you know, on top of the giant sand lake that we saw, you know, the next day Um, Mm -hmm. being more like, um, yeah, some other, some sort of Midwestern, you know, traditional Midwestern golf, not on these, these sand pockets. Um, Mm -hmm. Was there, you know, we've, we've had a good, have you guys developed a favorite architect yet out of these trips and don't say old Tom Morris, because that's I can't I, that hurts too much to think about all the courses we played um the, roughly two years ago. But you know, we've got a healthy dose of kind of, of Ross courses. We've had a couple of core Crenshaw courses, which are wide, you know, almost resort golf, but not really. Um, we've had not gonna make you pick a favorite, but is there Okay, Fred. You don't like having to pick the ball clean off the sand. Is there something you've enjoyed about these kind of sand belt, these various sand belt courses? I
2: uh, I love the uh, I love the green complexes. I, I love. I mean, I love being able to play a couple different shots. Right. I mean, I'm a bump and run kind of. I, I like me some bump and run. I like to throw the ball in the air when I can. Um, I don't mind a bunker shot. I, I love the I love the short game areas that that those courses provide, and um if I were to probably pick you know an architect or whatever um I know everyone's kind of kind of on this bandwagon right now but i am I'm, I'm probably a pretty big Donald Ross fan right now um and, you know those courses are 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 going by the wayside a lot of the times you'll 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 hear of courses going out um and they're you know, not being able to maintain them and being put houses being put on them and stuff. But, um, I, I do, I do like the look and I, I mean, I've, we've been doing this for so long and I've been hanging out with you for so long that it's actually fun to go to a course that is a Donald Ross course. And you see characteristics that, that follow. Um, I would have never done that, you know, if I hadn't been part of this trip for the past four or five years. So, um, that's kind of interesting. So
0: nice, Matt.
2: You
1: know, I have a love hate relationship with Donald Ross. I, I know you remember I did semi famously threaten on uh, pine needles to exhume his dead body just so I could kick the crap out of him after I chipped it onto the green only to roll back into a bunker. Um, that might have happened. <laughs> with that said, it, I it, you know, it happened. Yeah, yeah, probably did. Um, I. I love the, and you've talked about it multiple times. You know the the risk reward aspect of it. Um, the sure, here's your safe shot. Now you have a much more difficult approach. Carry visual. Um, you know, it's. I, I think he does that exceptionally well. Um, not again, not to make this a Donald Ross love fest because. I have sworn at him more times than any other golf architect that I can think of, Um, you know, down on the trail in Alabama uh, on, you know, the first one of the first trips, um, you know, it was the Robert Trent Jones trail was, was wonderful. And it's one of those where I think I'd like to, to get a little bit more um, of him Uh, because i did really enjoy that and i'd like to see after seeing more of you know we've we've played a heck of a lot of golf at a heck of a lot of really nice places with really good architects and we haven't been back to one of those Mm -hmm. um so that's that's actually you know i don't have as much experience with it but i remember having that feel early on as well the the risk reward aspect of it the you know uh, just the he's putting me in situations that make me uncomfortable uh, or really I am because I can't hit a ball straight, but you know um, I think that's where I would go with Ross is probably begrudgingly um the one I would, I would say is my favorite, but I, I'd like to see some more Robert Trent Jones before I commit to that.
0: Yeah. He was a, those courses are a God favors the bold for sure. And he's going to beat you up if you can't execute um, much kind of the way that a, um, you know, like a Pete Dye would. And, you know, for me, as far as style and, and design, it, I find merits and, and drawbacks to all of them. I think forest dunes, the original, the OG forest dunes course is the single best risk reward. Like it encourages it's a gambler's course. It encourages almost just reckless risk-taking, but it's, it's all, the, the math on it is pretty easy, the, the way that the course is set up. Um, yeah, the the big, but that was one where it wasn't big land movements. As you said, that was up there. It was kind of more gently rolling, um, you know, large swells that it, it felt there are holes there that maybe reminded me I saw some mammoth dunes, and now not the width. You know, mammoth dunes you could hit 300 yards in three different directions on a lot of holes. But kind of that, just the way the earth moved and the way the greens kind of tied in. Um, but that that was one that really got my adrenaline going, and I think that Tobacco Road has, holds a special place too. Um, in that same vein of risk reward, get the adrenaline going, um, massive and bold land movement and you know that's one that was not found that was to your point match what you what i took away from you talking about the the michigan courses those are those are courses that are made not found and tobacco road you know that is not in the minimalist tradition of like sand valley that we've seen in dormy club where they you know they measure how much turf they moved in spoonfuls versus you know that's big machinery moving big chunks of of earth um but making it fun at the same same time so um i will say now we can set this up we have been to some pretty high-end lodging in michigan and in wisconsin you have a nod to the rural the vibe of rural golf resorts in the middle of nowhere better so just put you on the spot fred forest dune lodging or sand valley lodging
2: Sand Valley.
0: The the showers, right?
2: (laughs) They were nice. Um, Just the overall layout, you know, the, the, the amount of area that we had, you know, we, we all had our own little, you know, pods or whatever you want to call them. We had the common room, the, the overall lodging in, in the, the, the area that we had to use. By far, Sand Valley. Um, the use of, of said accommodations by the group, um, I would have to go with four students. I, I feel like we had a much better um, time off the golf course there than we did at Sand Valley. Now, that's also that goes hand in hand with, you know, walking, you know, those two courses, mm-hmm. you know, 36 holes a day. Um, we got back and people were just like dropping off, you know, left and right. And I mean, as the, as the old gray beard of the, of no offense, Dave, um, of the, of the, of the, uh, the elder statesman, we'll call it of the group. Um, I, I I really enjoyed sleeping a lot there. (laughs) Um, it was very enjoyable. Um, but we didn't, didn't have that, uh, same kind of, you know, boys out, you know, let's, let's, you know, drink some beer and play some cards and, you know, make fun of everybody. Um, I I do enjoy that too, but the, the lodging just for, just for the, the area that we had, Sand Valley
0: was, I, I mean, unbelievable in my opinion. Slander that he didn't include Boyne in his Michigan analysis. Hey, that was
2: my, that was my first experience. The first experience Um, only time I've only had my, my, my room to myself in, in this, in, in these trips. Um, and uh, again, you know, being the old guy, you guys, you guys went out and did something one night and I just, I just went to bed. (laughs) I'm, I'm
0: old. Good Lord. That was half a decade ago. That was so long ago.
2: (laughs) I I think I had hair. Did I have hair on that trip? No,
1: not that, not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Funny. <laughs> I will tell you, David. I you, what Fred said is is right. The the I know I I don't say it often, Fred, but I'm going to go ahead. And I'll say it this one time, and uh, I'll deny I ever said it. Um, no. The look the the lodging at Sand Valley was really nice. I mean, it was it was you know new and yes, the showers were phenomenal and you know, the setup was, was really, was really cool. With that said, there is something about forest dunes where you roll out and you're on the T box of the loop about 40 feet after you walked out your front door. Mm-hmm. Um, the convenience of forest, I mean, and sand Valley, it's not like you're a long way away. You know, you got to walk down. We walked down the road and around the corner and Could uh, have jumped on. Bus we if we, yeah. Right. Yeah. We had to go down there. Um, but it was not, it wasn't as convenient. Um, and you know, I fly Southwest airlines when I fly. So clearly I don't care that much about, you know, the, the amenities and being pampered. Um, I'm I'm a, I just want to get there kind of guy. And so for me, that, that ability to be, you know, the loop was right outside our door and forest dunes was across a small parking lot. Mm -hmm. I guess it wasn't that small of a parking lot, but it was just a parking lot. Um, And so there was something to be, you roll off the course, you walk right to It's like you lived on the side of the course when you were there. Um, And it wasn't quite that way as nice as sand Valley was. And it was very nice. um, It it did not have that same convenience factor. And I think that led to some of what Fred was talking about too. It wasn't just that we walked a, a bajillion miles and we're tired. That was a lot of it, but you know, there was an aspect to I mean, we rolled into, we ate lunch between, you know, between rounds at Forest Dunes. We went home and cooked it, you yeah, know, because yeah. it was right there. It yeah. was as close as going to the restaurant was.
0: Uh, that, you know, that's a good point. Being able to sneak off, you could, you know, you you didn't have cooking facilities at either one, but at least we, we brought some to, to Forest Dunes. They said, yeah, you go ahead and bring a, a grill, uh, which was nice. Just to bring us back to Lausonia, I'll, want to get your guys thoughts on this we did not have teams going into this year you know this is a a nine-man golf trip three teams we didn't have captains and preset teams this year we we used the round at lawsonia and the scores kind of within our flights we have some natural flight separated separation uh within our group did you like that better was that a a benefit did it affect how you played your round at all were you thinking about that or was it just you're just resigned to Well, they'll, I'll pick my team at the, or they're going to tell me what team I'm on at the end of the day, Matt.
1: Um, you know, it's one of those things where I, like I said, I played so poorly that whatever thoughts I had coming into that round were gone very quickly. It it very quickly turned into, well, I'm going to be wherever they put me because I'm not choosing anybody with the way I'm playing right now. Um, i I do like the idea um there's something to be said for the competitive aspect of what you do on day one sets you up for the rest of the round um but being being in the group that was the three guys who were at the bottom of their flights um we didn't let's just say we didn't bounce back there was there was no bouncing back out of that group um you know it it could could that happen? Sure, um, but I don't I don't know. It, we certainly were not evidence of that.
0: Well, I, there was a risk that that was a calculated risk on the way in. Fred, you seem to be all for it. I loved it. Yep, well, it was good. <laughs> where, where'd you guys finish again?
2: What was what,
0: what? It's oh, all Numero cool. uno? Uh, hey, he's holding up one I mean, finger and it, it's a different one than he usually holds up at us that's good that is
2: true <laughs> um no uh i'll be honest i i i did not think at all about it um uh, dave as you know um the three of us on this call and you know the, the, most of the guys on the on this trip right uh first tee gets very complicated because you know everyone's like hey same bet hey you, you and me today you know hey same bet so Matt and I, you know, we, we have a, we have a, a a uh, battle, you know, over, over a total of $6 on a round. And it's, um, it's more, it's more personal than $6. Um, so, uh, I was pretty focused on just that and, you know, wherever I fell, I fell. Um, um so, to Matt's point, I, I wasn't really trying to angle any direction. You guys were in front of us, so we really didn't know anyway. Uh, we kept an eye on the, uh, on the flags, of course, and they started appearing. So you could kind of, you know, put two and two together and have an idea. But I don't think it was m- much of a stretch that, you know, you know Mark was going to be, you know, up there in the top of – top of one flight, you know, one or two somewhere in that, in that neighborhood, just depending on how it went. Um, Jared played extremely well Mm -hmm. um, and he played well the whole week. So to to Matt's point um, I didn't mind it, of course, you know, it worked out in my favor. Um, But there is something to be said that, you know, one of these trips, you know, either, either you have a good feeling and you play well all week or, something's not right and you kind of struggled the whole week, it's an uphill battle. Um, so if you, if it just happens to work out that you have three of those guys that are trying to find it and they're all in the same team, it can make for, it can make for some,
0: some rough days. That being said, do you want the pressure of being a captain again? Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't think so. That, that was the idea to relieve any, any pressure. Some of the feedback we'd had the guys weren't necessarily happy being captains. They just wanted to show up and play golf. And this was a, an opportunity to show up and just play golf
1: and also even though I was on team disaster fest um, you know it I still it's still a good idea for that reason um, it's still you know you do you know you do reap what you sow with that and if you don't go out and play well then well you didn't play well
0: one of my only and very very small concerns is that was this putting home field for the world series in the all-star game. You know, this is our, our knockoff, the rust round guys. Haven't seen some guys haven't seen each other in a year that you didn't really think of it, that you were more concerned in your side game. That's that tells me it was a win.
1: Yeah, it was. And I agree. And it should be pointed out. We had a $6 game going and Fred took $12 for me somehow, but you know um, yeah, no, I don't, I was, I was trying harder to beat him and, and not kill anybody with a shot coming out of the bunker than, uh, than I was worried about where I was going to end up at the end of the day.
0: Hey, thanks for stopping by for this episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. Remember to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review for the show. Each time somebody leaves a five-star rating and review for this very podcast, I lose one degree of bounce from the bottom of my lob wedge. Hope you've enjoyed what you heard here today. If you didn't like what you heard, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about it now, but I promise I will try to do better next time. And I hope you will join me here next time on the Blind Shots podcast. Until then, stay safe, be smart, enjoy quarter zip season out on the course when you can. And as always, when you have the choice, do decide to go for it and take dead aim. Well, when, when, anytime we can have your attention, sweetheart, you let us know, and we'll, we'll start then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very bitter today. Very bitter Th- today.